What's going on, everybody, and welcome back to Season 2, Episode 5 of Hit the Books, the podcast here to give you all the sports news, sports talk, sports gambling, sports trends, sports coverage, you name it in sports, and we at Hit the Books want to deliver it to you each and every week. Do not forget to check us out on our various social media platforms. The link is in the description below. As well as please rate and review our podcast wherever you happen to listen. Helps us out a ton. Week one over week two as well. The weeks are just flying by. I myself not doing so hot on my card, but very happy with my anytime touchdown performance. Now we approach week three, 16 games for us to analyze for your enjoyment and improve your picks for this week. So let's move on over and introduce my co-hosts coming to us from Morgantown, West Virginia. We have Mackie. Mackie, how's it going this week? What's going on, guys? Yeah, uh, a little more talk about this week as uh, sports are starting to pick back up as like the NBA and the NHL and stuff like that. Um, my football card's been pretty on fire right now, so let's keep rolling with it while we can. And uh, I've had a few winning days in a row, so that's nice to have. Um, other than that, yeah, just basic football. So what's going on with you guys? Heck yeah, tail the boy. Next up from Somewhere in Rhode Island, but not Providence. We got Ace. Yeah, definitely not Providence. Just work from there. Um, first off, before I get started, I got to talk about Mackie wearing a Red Sox hat as a Yankees fan. That's despicable. I, I can't dude, even believe that. He's a Mets, a Mets, a Mets fan. fan. Yankees fan, Mets fan. If you're from New York and you wear a Red Sox hat, that's not true. That's hilarious. Mets fans and Red Sox fans have a lot in common, and that's hating the Yankees. So I think that's, yeah. this is not right to wear. I mean, at least the Red Sox are good during our it's lifetime. It's also a fresh hat, so, like, there's that, too. I mean, normally I would say bandwagon, but the Mets aren't garbage for one time in our life. So, <laughs> I mean, we'll roll with it. I'll, give, I'll cheer for him. I guess it chips. If it fits, it chips. But, yeah, happy to be talking about uh, week three here. My Patriots getting a big win over those Yinzers out in Pittsburgh. Um, easy <laughs> dub. Saw that coming every day of the week. AFC East better than the AFC North. Yeah, but, no, ready to get into week three. Uh, a lot of a lot of big things we saw from last week. Going to expect to see a lot more this week. Good stuff, Ace. Excited to hear what you got. And finally, the final member of our crew here with me in Pittsburgh. We got Huff. Huff, what's happening, buddy? Uh, not much. Um, basically, kind of the polar opposite of what Mackie said. Ice cold on the card, looking to turn things around. Can't get much worse than I've been. Hope you've been fading me 100%. Uh, yeah, so... Looking to turn things around week three. Got a couple plays I'm liking already, so take that for what you will. Maybe just keep fading me. We'll see how that works out for you. But, um, yeah, looking to turn things around on the card. Not much. Been doing all right off the card. It just seems like everything I put on, I can't get any fucking love from it. So, um, hoping to get some luck back and get that get the fucking first win of my season week three. But did not imagine I'd be saying that sitting here right now. But looking, always got to find the first one. Just got to get the first one. Yo, but here's the thing, bro. Like, an 0-13 record is actually, like, impressive. It gets, like, that would get viewed. <laughs> it's the, like, not, though. I don't... Puff, keep on keeping on. Let's go, kid. All right, let's jump into some of these headlines. We've got some good stuff out of the NHL, some retirements, a signing or two. First up, we have star defenseman P.K. Subban is announcing his retirement at age 33 after 13 seasons in the NHL. Good guy coming out of Montreal, Nashville, a couple of spots. You guys got anything good to say about him? Yeah, definitely definitely uh, someone that highlights the NHL, uh, kind of a face of the NHL over the past decade or so. 
Um, someone I always wanted to see in Boston, actually, my whole time. We got to see his younger brother, Malcolm, there playing that for a little bit before he got dealt. Um, it just seemed like PK always was going to end up somewhere in Boston. But uh, very decorated career, you know. Went to the Stanley Cup, uh, married Lindsey Vaughn. So, I mean, good guy. You thought he was going to end up in Boston after he accused your fan base of racial slurs a, a number of times? Yeah. Yeah, I did. A lot, <laughs> a lot of people do that all the time. It's Boston. They get that, that bad rep. But the thing is, I always thought he was going to end up with that team, that core. Uh, he's a Canadian guy. You can see when he played with, like, Marshawn and Bergeron and stuff like that in the way that Subban or his younger brother, Malcolm Subban, loved um, playing there. Wasn't his younger he, brother not that good? He was – which one? The the one that played the goalie, goalie for the Boston? The goalie, yeah. No, he was pretty good. He played for he uh, Vegas and yeah. Chicago. He's like a. I just remember him bouncing he's around. He's a steady a middle backup. tier, middle tier backup. Yeah. 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 Okay. His potential was always off the charts because of his athleticism, but I think he's one of those goalies that was too aggressive. I don't think he could have ever been a starting goalie in the NHL, though. No, I think he was too small too. Maybe right. Too small. I don't know. Yeah, I think he might have been too small. All right, with that, another retirement. Zdeno Chara signs a one-day contract with the Boston Bruins to allow him to allow him to retire a Bruin. Good stuff for you, Ace, up there. Zdeno Chara, big name, always a Bruin. Get this guy out of the league. Yeah, get him out of the fucking league. <laughs> big Z. He should have he should have retired as a Bruin earlier in his Why career. Why the hell did he even leave? Like, what an idiot. Yeah, he, well, he was going every team in the Met. <laughs> I think he still just wanted to play. The Bruins literally didn't even offer him a contract. He was playing on like a million-dollar contract in Washington and then again in New York. Um, but, yeah, definitely a great career. I mean, even more decorated than P.K. Subban, obviously. Um, great humanitarian for the game, too. But instilling that culture in Boston and getting that much-needed Stanley Cup, I mean, you don't see a lot of cities really get those often. I know you guys were pretty blessed with Sid the Kid. But Chara's ability to lead us to one, it's the only one in my lifetime, uh, only one in a long time. Uh, fell short against the Blues, but always showed his heart and the size is just unmatched. And those fights, his epic fights against the big guys from other teams, you can't forget. So definitely a great career and uh, happy retired as a Bruin, the cat, the OG captain. I always liked Zidane Chari. He was always a little weird looking, but I liked him. I literally, anytime I think of him, I just think of the hardest shot competition where he was like fucking skating. I just, my thing with the hardest shot competition and like those records, it's like you skate 30 feet into the puck. Like, yeah, those dudes should be ripping at 109. Huff, Huff, how many feet did you get to skate into it when we were in the all-star competition? They let me go from the blue line to the the blue line to the top of the circles. What did you hit, 110? No, 92, I think. It's not bad though. You did, I remember you did pretty well in that. Everyone was telling me to you shoot a there. wrist shot. I'm like, I just shot it. Uh, you, were, you, you, were, you, were, you were too young, too. Everybody else there was like a senior and uh, Yeah, I was a sophomore. That was my sophomore year, freshman year. Yeah. Cunningham was the You're coach. That was my freshman much. year. It was just, it was just it's like Elias Patterson in the hardest yeah. shot. <laughs> <laughs> they had that all mixed up. That's all right. Me and you showed out pretty well. Yeah, we got a at sick flick we at that. That's all that matters. Yeah, that's all that matters. We were there. We were there. <laughs> Big signing. Mac, you make one of those yet? You come should. on. What do you one mean, day. come on? You should be. You're telling me you're not the best goal in the ACC. Well, I, I don't, I don't think I made it last year. I don't even think they had one last year. They, it's every other I year. The All Star, no, the All Star thing that Addison went to. Oh, that thing they haven't done that since since Addison because that next year they were supposed to do it was COVID year. Oh. Uh, 
it's a lot better now, huh? It's like a game instead of the skills competition like we did. Yeah. Well, yeah, yeah. but like, I feel like just like the hockey now is a lot better too. Yeah, yeah, hockey gets better every year. College hockey is eventually going to be top tier, but it's still got to get its way. Too many American kids. The Americans are getting better, though. They're getting better. They definitely are. Big signing out of Colorado, 27-year-old Nate McKinnon in the Colorado Avalanche. Agreed to a huge deal. Eight years, $100.8 million, coming out to $12.6 million a year, becoming the highest paid, highest of any NHL player, $85.34 million of that will be paid out as signing bonuses. It's a pretty interesting contract here for Nate McKinnon out of Colorado. He's staying put. What do we think? I think we saw this coming after the Cup and the Conn Smythe. The base, or not the Conn Smythe. Didn't McCarr win the Conn Smythe? Yeah, he did. Yeah, but, I mean, McKinnon was the heart and soul of that team going to and being the favorite they were all the way through up and through the playoffs last year. Uh, how dominant they were. Would they lose two games up until the Cup? I think they lost to St. Louis and they went to six with St. Louis and then they swept uh, Nashville and Edmonton, correct? Yep. Yeah, so, I mean, I think they were ready to give him the big money and I think McKinnon said at one point uh, when they asked him about his contract, he said it's not going to be a single digit. So um, he was looking upwards of 10 for to get re-signed with the Avalanche and obviously he gets his deal at eight years. Um, going to be a part of that team and looking like they're going to – I mean, they have a, the necessary tools to run things right back. They lost pieces like uh, Caudry to Calgary, but, I mean, that team's just going to reload. Um, so, But I don't know what you guys got on this, Ace. I know you sent this to us. You're pretty high on McKinnon. You like that deal I saw? Yeah, definitely excited for that deal. I mean, give that guy whatever money he wants. Uh, consensus, second-best player in the NHL, and maybe third, I guess, if you want to put Matthews ahead of him for his scoring ability. But Nathan McKinnon just led his team to the Stanley Cup. I mean, not that big of news to me. I would expect they'd give him the blank check. I mean, it's it's Nathan McKinnon. I mean, we expected this deal. Uh, big extension, big years. He'll he'll play it out there in Colorado. Yeah, I'm pretty excited about this deal. I'm happy to see him stay put. But I don't think it's a big surprise. Yeah, last thing I want to say on that. I wonder how much they're going to end up paying McCarr after that. More. Yeah, but how are you going to feel the team around them? I mean, we've seen them win last year with a uh, piece together lineup. I mean, this is that's why it's so hard to build a dynasty. Any a lot of teams contract. can a lot of teams can win one championship. It comes down to what the front office can do to build these contracts and build a team for years to come. So like, they got the stud, they got the lineup, and they have the studs. It comes down to you know when these guys start getting paid up for or due for contracts like this. Clearly, McKinnon's now making twelve on the payroll and you know this is salary cap league this isn't baseball where you can just hand around this money for a rich owner they got to work those deals and you know what i mean some of these guys got to take a team friendly deal you got to start looking at third and fourth liners who do you see as a part of this team for the next three to five years and that's something the penguins went through the blackhawks went through the kings went through these teams that won multiple cups over you know so many years the Penguins more of a stretched uh, run with 09 and then 16-17, but you look at the Blackhawks, the three and five years, it really is more than the players at that point. It's the front office building these teams and giving them the ability with the contracts to you know be contenders year in and year out and not dump themselves with $12 million on your center and 16 or just to throw a number out, $15 million on your young defenseman that – I mean, he looks like a stud, but that could have been, you know, the best year he's ever going to have. Who knows? You know what I mean, Ace? I don't know what you got to say on this, but. No, Hoff, I couldn't have said it any better myself. I just want to make you know that you should 
you're on the side of caution when talking about that Chicago front office. Not as <laughs> tough as you'd think. The, t- the tough news coming out of Chicago in the past couple of years about that, but I mean, three cups in five years. Yeah, on ice ability, unmatched. Uh, you couldn't have said it better myself. Just tragedy what they have. Yeah, that's why, side. like, in the NFL, it's so hard for these teams to go back-to-back. It's like, yeah, it comes down to having players, but, like, these dudes want money. They, they're, you know what I mean? Your backup quarterback is now a Super Bowl champion. Your backup running back that was getting 10 carries a game, he's now a Super Bowl champion. He wants, you know, he's adding that to his resume. you got to give him these. They think they're now worth the extra $2 million a year. They'll go play from, I mean, Ace, we've seen it. You've seen players go from New England to, to oh, I'll go play a year in Miami, and then they go, you know, four wins. They don't care. They're making $9 million a year. It's about the money. Like, everyone wants a ring, but comes down to these front offices the to be able to put the, Get the bag. Exactly, yeah. Good stuff there. One more retirement here. After 1,109 career NHL games, Keith Yandel's hanging up the blades, setting a new Ironman record, playing through a broken jaw, among other injuries, deserve that title. Pretty good guy there. No complaints from him that I can think of. I was listening to Chicklets today. He actually announced the retirement on Chicklets. and I saw that. Um, he, it was the most casual announcement ever. He was like, yeah, boys, you know, your fan base has been so much to me. You guys have done so much for me. Uh, I just want to say this here. I'm calling it quits. And then they just kind of like, all were like, damn dude, like congratulate. Like, you know what I mean? The whole nine yards of what you think would come after that. But like, it was no build up. the most casual, like to start an episode. Like imagine one of us just announcing our retirement from the NHL right now. Like that's how casual it was. Yeah, that Ironman streak he had going along, and I remember them propping that up huge. It's a uh, pretty sick. He got that collab. Might might see him on that pod in the future. I bet. Honestly, you might. Yeah, definitely he might. he definitely. I mean, he's been he's good on the mic whenever he comes on. He's been a very frequent guest for them, and they're definitely boys. So, I definitely could see that coming. Do you listen to them a lot, Ace? Uh, from time to time, more in the uh, more during the. I I, I listen to each podcast with the season. Yeah, I know what you mean. Alrighty, and some interesting news coming out of Winnipeg. They have stripped the C from Blake Wheeler and will go without a captain for this upcoming season. thought this was a pretty interesting point. It just means he's getting traded, in my opinion. Yeah, something's happening. That's such a... Yeah, I was going to say, this is a really weird move. Yeah, that just means we're moving on. So there's some there's something there behind the scenes that it was probably a mutual thing, and he's they're saying, we'll have you out of here before playoffs or before the deadline, so just give us the C and we'll have you on your way out. Rebuilding Winnipeg? They got young yeah, players. It, Connor. They, they, they oh, went Connor. as far as they could two years ago, though, um, the last two or three years. Not last year, but the years prior. Oh, the um, yeah. I think they're going to blow it up. I agree with Mackey. I could see Wheeler on the way out. Yeah, they got they got, they got to get rid of Dubois and Connor. Dubois, much. they already they said he already go. requested another trade. I thought he just can't fucking pick a team that he wants to play for. <laughs> that dude just seems like he's a good more, player. Though. He just I seems like, like more of a problem than a good player, though. Like every t- he's now been with what two teams and or three teams, and he just I think it's his second or third trade request. Who do you start with? Columbus. No, yeah, he went from Columbus to uh, for Line. Yeah, it's only a second team. Yeah, but two teams, two trade requests in like three years. Yeah, it's definitely 
the Kyrie of the NHL. I was gonna say like this dude must. I mean, you're a good, like that's where someone's gotta sit this dude down like in his in his circle and be like, you're a good player, dude. You gotta stop fucking requesting trades. Like, sign a deal. Yeah, maybe you're the problem. Yeah, it's. <laughs> Lots of good stuff out of the NHL. I am pumped for the NHL season to start here. Preseason starting here this Saturday. Very excited about that. Is it really? Yep. 24th. Let's go. That's hype. I think the Pens first one's on Sunday or Monday. I hate preseason hockey. Oh, it's terrible. It's terrible. I can't even watch it. Nobody watches that, but at least they get their legs under them better than the NFL. Right. Rumors are flying around Morgantown as CBS Sports predicts if the Mountaineers lose to Virginia Tech this Saturday, this could be the final time we see Neil Brown as the head coach of West Virginia. All right, Mackie, what do you think about that one? Yeah, um, he's had a pretty bad reign in West Virginia coming in after, uh, I think he came in the year after Will Greer left, uh, took over as a uh, Holgerson spot, who I think went to Houston, but I don't think he's had one winning season since he's been here. And if it was, it was like maybe one game over or an even record or something. He just hasn't gotten it done as West as West Virginia head coach. And um, being a big football school, you know, you you expect a lot out of this team. So they uh, definitely got to move on if they if they can't figure it out right now. They're one and two. You got, got a big or um, rivalry game coming up. You got to win this game. Yeah, the way I look at it is, if he doesn't win football games, why is he still there? I know he can allegedly recruit. He did well with that Troy team. But what it matters to West Virginia, all those fans of that game, his W is on the scoreboard. So if he doesn't put it together, I'd say it's time for someone else. Yeah, college college is such a kind of like, if you don't have one of the big names in college, and I know like you got to let them build their program and build their, you know what I mean, what they want to run. But I mean, college, if you're not getting it done in your early on years, it's not the kind of sport where I think you're going to figure it out and turn around. It's such a sport that's changing. These kids are graduating and going on to the NFL every year. It's changing every season. Um, If you can't adapt going from, I mean, like you said, you had some success at the lower level with Troy uh, in a different division or a different conference, but uh, Big 12 not necessarily known as a huge football conference outside of Texas and your Oklahomas of the world, but um, you got your couple, your you know, schools every year with your Baylor's and your West Virginia have their years, but like you said, Mackie, the past couple of years, Neil Brown hasn't gotten it done. Um, I think it's time for a new voice down there. I, I haven't been a fan of him since we since we signed him, so um, I'm gonna be the one saying let's just get rid of him. I really, I think they should have done it after the who they lose to the second week. Who they lose to at home? Kansas. Home opener, Kansas. Yeah, should right after that. You're, gonna, you're done. Don't get me wrong; they're actually not a bad team this year. Yeah, they. I mean, they're what two and are they two and zero? They're undefeated. Oh, they're three and zero. They just beat Houston. They pumped. Yeah, they're three and zero. So they got a good team this year, but you know, Kansas, Kansas plays Kansas plays Duke this weekend, and they're both undefeated in football. They want college game day to go there. Yeah, because it's a fucking obviously the reason is because it's they're both better at basketball than they are football. Yeah, huge basketball schools. They're both three and zero in football, playing against. Texas. I heard someone talking about. Could you imagine if they would have done this game in like November, December, the same night, or like you know what I mean, with the basketball teams playing each other? That would have been madness. And wherever the game was, can't make that shit up. Yeah. But like you said, Kansas isn't bad. But yeah, I'm ready for a new coach for WVU. Definitely. Get them out of here. Those are our boys, but such a weak team to be talking about. 
Yeah. Neil Brown, got to bring him back to relevance or else you're out, bud. Good offense. I, and I don't see him doing that. Like defense is poverty. Yes, good stuff out of the college football world. I'm excited to jump into that each and every week. Let's hope for some picks. One, on one, one and one on the college football card last week. We'll bring that in. I've been doing pretty nice in college football. Way more, way nicer than the NFL, so... Let's get some um, picks out. I bet me and Mackie had a nice little card last weekend. The T's are hitting. Texas Tech couldn't cover late. Um, but, you know, I think we're three and one or three and two in co- or four and two in college football. So we have a nice team card rolling in college football. So uh, definitely stay tuned for the picks on that. We've been cooking those ones up. Yeah, those T's are just keeping us alive. Yeah, they are. Not in the NFL, they're not for me. <laughs> All right, it's time. Let's jump into week three of the NFL. Let's break down each and every game for Yins. Let's start off with some trends to get us going. First up, we have teams this year with 60% or more of the public bets are 2-10 against the spread in their games. So I find that pretty interesting. Don't take the you know the team with the, all the bets, the public bets. So Yeah, fade the public. Fade the public. Fade, fade me. <laughs> Fade the real Tyler Hoffnagel. Lock. <laughs> also, so far this year, the under is 22 and 10 through week two, as well as six and one in the primetime games. So the under is taking over this year thus far. Sportsbook's got to be falling on that. I'll tell you what, I'm over the under. I'm over the under, you say. Like, no scoring. I like that. How long were you thinking about that line before you said it? I don't know. It was corny as hell, though. <laughs> My bad. Muted mic there. But no, after I heard <laughs> after, after I heard Jesse say the under going over, I was like, oh, I got to give it right back to him. The over's going under. <laughs> yeah. So uh, I'm over that under, like I said. But these teams got to start putting the ball in the end zone because life's too, bet- too short to bet the under, like I told Mackie. But those were true that a few weeks ago. Yeah. All right, let's jump into these games. The first one up, we got Thursday night, the Pittsburgh Steelers at the Cleveland Browns. The Browns coming in as the favorite at minus 4.5, the money line at minus 210, and the over-under at a low 38.5. Steelers money line at plus 176 on Fandle. Steelers and Browns are both coming off losses last week. Some trends I got are Steelers are 5-1 against the spread in their last six against Cleveland. Browns are one and six against the spread in their last seven when playing as the favorite, and three and nine against the spread in their last twelve at home. What do you guys got for me, Huff? You want to start with this one? Yeah, I do. I do like the Steelers coming in in this spot. A short week off a tough loss against a up and coming Patriots team. Not saying they're too hot this season. Not. I'm not really expecting too much out of them. But I did have the Steelers winning that game, so um, I gave them the three points. Got the push, but. To talk this week, I think they come off the loss this week and have a bounce-back week in Cleveland against a, a another weak quarterback in the NFL, Jacoby Brissett, or Brissett, showing his true colors last week, blowing the game against the Jets. Um, I just think the Steelers, I mean, a TJ Wattless Steelers team losing by three last week at home was a tough loss. Uh, I think they come, like I said, bounce back quick week. That sometimes is a good thing, sometimes is a bad thing. Uh, I think coming off a loss, it's more of a better thing than going coming off a win, so... I like the Steelers with the points here. I'll take them. I think you said four and a half. I've seen five. I was looking here on DraftKings. I think I saw five, but 
Um, yeah, I'm going to take the Steelers with the points. So uh, the over-unders, like we said, me and Mackie were talking a little bit before we were started recording. The It's just sitting so low. I do see this score being like, I mean, 17, 13, a low score at 20 to 14, something around there. So, I mean, you're flirting with that 38. I, I also said, Mackie, I could see it sitting like right at 40, 41. So, I mean, they're sharp with these lines, so we know it could be sitting right around there. But, Mackie, who you got here tomorrow night, Thursday night football? Yeah, uh, I really like the Steelers in this spot. I think they uh, match up really well against this team and uh, a bad quarterback in Jacoby Brissett. I love the under, and I know it's a really low under, 38 and a half, but this is a divisional matchup where the playbook is shortened, and teams are not really, uh, especially these two teams, they're not really throwing the ball downfield a lot. They're just trying to get quick first downs and uh, elongate the drives a little, I think. So I think this is a really slow game, and I think, Pittsburgh's defense and Mike Tomlin are reduced to situations like these where they all, where they usually come out on top. So, like this is the game. And Cleveland is going to be Cleveland's going to be hammering the ball with Chubb and Hunt, like we saw what Chubb did last week with the three touchdowns and all the yards again. But and I mean, in a losing effort, so they're going to uh, get AC. They're going to get their go yards. ahead, Mackie. They're definitely going to get their yards, and they're not going to. But be that just down. means the clock's rolling. So the clock's rolling, and I think uh, Pittsburgh contains it for the most part, at least. Yeah, um, I'm actually on the complete other side than you guys. Coming into this week, I was looking at the games. And I saw the Steelers line at plus, I think it's 280, 290, something like that. I was like, oh, I'm going to be all over that Thursday night football divisional game, the Pittsburgh Steelers. But then as I started to think about it more and more over the days, I realized, oh, the Pittsburgh Steelers aren't playing because TJ Watt's not playing. Without him, I think they don't have any chance to win the game. Um, that Cleveland Browns team is being looked at with no Deshaun Watson. Everybody's putting their eyes on Jacoby Brissett, when in reality, they should be putting their eyes on that Cleveland Browns defense. They're going to have the best player on the field in Miles Garrett. He's going to be wreaking havoc on a weak Mitch Trubisky. Definitely going to throw an interception, maybe a fumble here or there. Um, a lot of sacks are going to come. A weak O-line for Pittsburgh. We saw it decimated by the Patriots last week, both on the offensive and defensive side. With the best running back tandem in the league, a strong O-line, and no quarterback and to spread the ball out, I think they hammer the rock all game and Chubb and Hunt eat. Tough luck loss for the Browns last week. I think they bounced back here, grab that, and probably cover that spread. You were saying it was at four and a half. I'd probably buy it down to four, but still, I like I like the Browns to cover it here in a divisional road in a divisional game. I've seen too many AFC North games finish in a field goal to give them four points. Mm, I, I I do like that thought. I mean, I'm probably not going to lock that in on my card. Off the top of my head, I'm going to say that, but I'm liking the Browns a lot here. Liking some scoring props for those. No, yeah, I'm not trying. I'm not trying to talk you away from the your a pick, but I'm just saying. I just from my experience, I've seen too many games that even you look last week, the Ravens blowing that lead against the yep. Dolphins. I know they're AFC East, but it. There's a reason that we play four quarters. It comes down to the end. A lot of these games come down to three points. And giving more than three points in the NFL is just tough nowadays unless you're taking teams like the Bills and um, yeah. these teams with offenses that are just so explosive. I don't know if I can give Jacoby four points. Yeah, you're not wrong there. I think the inefficiencies of the Pittsburgh Steelers, especially on a short week, like you said, without your best yeah. player and Belkow on defense, I know Belkow is a term for running backs, but yeah. without your leader on defense, uh, I don't see them be- being able to generate much. That Browns O-line, yeah, they had a down leader last year, but it's pretty stacked. And with those running backs and Stefanski. Yeah, there's, they still have studs on yeah, both sides of the that, ball. That, that, that both sides of the ball, they're going to control the line of scrimmage. I don't see the Steelers being able to generate much at all. I mean, the Patriots beat the Steelers last week, and the Patriots are a very weak team, and they controlled the whole clock and line of scrimmage. I think the Browns can do it much more efficiently. 
attitude on the patch has changed a lot in the last two weeks. Hmm. They're up and down. Young team. It's week by week, like Bill B says. And so the other Steelers are. We beat the fucking Bengals week one. I was all high on them. Then we just lost to the fucking Patriots. Now I think we're going to lose the rest of the games of the season. We just lost to Mac Jones, dude. Mac Jones elite. Sad. All-star quarterback, Mac Jones. Pro Bowl. Pro Bowl quarterback. And Nelson Aguilar, we'll get to it when we get there. You guys are stuck. We was catching him, unlike Aguilar. Aguilar and the babies I had to go over there and catch him. Yeah, no, he's not in Philly anymore. He must uh who was that? Witherspoon, Kilo Witherspoon, whoever it is on the defensive side Aquila, of the ball. Yeah, it's a Kilo Witherspoon or something like that. Not enough pass rush from that Steelers uh front without TJ Watt to get home to Mac Daddy and uh he dropped that one in there for Nelson Aguilar to pull a Randy Moss and take the ball right off of Witherspoon's helmet and waltz right in. Good stuff there. Yeah, tough game by the Steelers against the Patriots last last week. But this week, I like Steelers plus four and a half. So let's move into our Sunday slate, 1 p.m. We got the Baltimore Ravens at the New England Patriots. Got the Ravens coming in as the favorite at minus two and a half. The money line at minus 146 and the over-under at 43 and a half. Patriots money line sitting at plus 124. The under is 15-6 and six in the Ravens' last 21 games on the road, as well as the Ravens are also 1-6 against the spread in their last week three games. Go ahead, Ace. What are you thinking about this one, buddy? Yeah, just uh, to go with your stats there, I'm a big stats guy too. So this one today, um, here's a wild one. The Patriots have been a home underdog 19 times under Bill Belichick, and they've gone 15-4 against the spread in those games. So it's definitely something to consider. Um, we saw a very weak Patriots team play against the Ravens two years ago, I believe, the rain game with Cam Newton. And they came in as even bigger underdogs and won the game outright, controlled the whole game. Um, I think you see the same type of thing from the Patriots this week. It's going to be very slow. It's going to be – Siri thinks so too. But uh, it's going to be very slow. Um, it's going to be on the ground. Mac Jones is going to have to make stuff happen. I know that that Ravens defense, we've been high on them all year. That's my Super Bowl pick. Um, that secondary has been prone to give up some yards, and the Patriots uh, receivers were eaten last week. So I'd, I'd, I'd like the Patriots at home to cover the spread. I don't know if they win the game outright, but uh, with that many points being given to the Patriots in Gillette, um, you got to love it for Bill B and the boys. I like that. I like that. Mackie, what are you thinking? Yeah, so I basically just see a, a, an incomp or not an I'm just going to restart this. Holy shit. Um, I see a not confident Ravens team going into a tough place to play in Gillette Stadium. And uh, I think the Patriots can come out on top in this game. I was kind of leaning the same way. I like the Patriots with the points. I'm not necessarily leaning that I'm locking this in immediately. I could switch to the Ravens. But I just think in a spot, like you said, the Ra- or, uh, Ravens coming off a tough loss. That fourth quarter... Uh, Tua looked like he could do anything to that defense, and that's a pretty good, damn good defense. I mean, I don't know if that's more of a praise to Tua or, uh, you know what I mean, a downgrade of the Ravens' defense. But uh, like you said, coming in a tough spot, tough place to play in Gillette and Foxborough. Um, Raven or Patriots coming off a win in Pittsburgh. They're sitting at one and one on the season. Um, both teams. Um, I don't know. I just think Belichick plays plays his cards right against a quarterback like Lamar. Uh, Ace, I was going to allude to the point, like you said, when Lamar went up to 
New England two years ago in that rain game and lost. Um, I don't know. I just think given the uh, Patriots three points at home, I like that spot. I'm not necessarily locking it in. I don't love two and a half. I'd have to buy the half point. But um, Mackie, like you said, I think a lot of people are jumping at the bit to bite the, or to bet the Ravens here. Might be the right play, but um, this is one I'm going to have to be looking at up until Sunday around one o'clock. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, good stuff. This is going to be a great game this week, along with a few others this week. Next up, we got the Buffalo Bills at the Miami Dolphins. The Bills coming in as the favorite this week at minus 6.5. The money line at minus 255 and the over-under at 52.5. Both these teams coming off some hot weeks last week. Dolphins coming back against the Ravens. People pretty hot on them now. The Dolphins are 10-1 and straight up, 9-2 and against the spread in their past 11 games. And the Bills are 7-1-1 against the spread in their last nine divisional games. Pretty good one here. Curious to see what happens in this matchup. What do we think? This is one of those ones I don't know if I'm necessarily dying to get a pick in on this one. This is one of those ones you just kind of want to watch. Two kind of high-flying teams through the first two weeks of the season. Obviously, the Bills are the Bills, the Super Bowl favorite. Uh, you have this Dolphins team that a lot of people doubted coming into the season. I wasn't necessarily too high on them. Um, you have guys like Tua and Tyree Kill showing their connections and Waddle still doing picking up right where he left off last season. Um, Miami's looking to make some noise this season, and um, I wouldn't be surprised to see them come out here and uh, cover that six and a half. I'd like to get it to seven, same situation by the half point, but um, it's tough to bet against Josh Allen and the Bills, so I could see this one really going either way. I don't know how you guys are leaning on this if you're back in the Dolphins with the points or – uh, bills with the points, but um, really either situation wouldn't surprise me, and that's kind of why me kind of leaning both ways. I don't know if I'm necessarily leaning one way on the spread per se. Mackie, how about you? Yeah, I think uh, six and a half points here is a little crazy. I'm probably not going to bet against the Bills because I think that's a really stupid move, but I'm looking at the over under here, 52 and a half, and we know the Bills can score points. They put up 70, some 73 points, 74 points in two games. Josh Allen's been at an MVP level. Stefan Diggs, that connection is just unreal right now. So we know that teams can put up points. The Dolphins, we've seen them pick apart an elite defense in the Baltimore Ravens, putting up 42 points last week. So um, I'm I like the that. Over here. I, think, I, I think it's a, it's a it's a quick game, a lot of downfield passes, a lot of uh, touchdowns. So I think we see an over here. I like that. That's a that's a nice play. I like that. Yeah, I'm uh I'm with you guys. That's too many points in a divisional game. Um, over under tough to look at as well in a divisional game with the way that the pace of the game will go. Um, like Mackie said though, you can't bet against the Buffalo Bills right now. They look like the best team in football. Josh Allen looks like the MVP. That being said though, I am very high on any Stephon Diggs Josh Allen receiving prop passing prop like I was last week. Definitely going to look at that with a weak Dolphins secondary. Um, I have to think that Tua doesn't have, have any more rabbits to pull out of his hat. He was completely outmatched <laughs> last week and uh, pulled that one out of nowhere against the Dolphins. I'd, I'd, I'm against the Ravens. I'd more blame that on Baltimore's uh, inability to close it out than Tua's ability to throw a slant for his boys to break. I mean, dude, did you see that stat with him? He's like 8-1 and one against – I forget the stat. Uh, it's he's eight and one against like Super Bowl winning quarterbacks or coaches or something. Yeah, I believe. I it. forget yeah, this. It's like a two. Not, yeah, not pretty, but he wins. Not pretty, but he wins games. Um, 
a lot of a lot of prop totals this game though. Um, I'm gonna like digs again. Gonna probably take digs anytime or digs receptions and yards. We'll see. His stats have just been unreal. Like I don't know how you can't take his anytime. Especially with the depleted receiving court. In yeah, the one game, now Gabe no. Davis is out. No run game Gabe either. Davis still out next week. I don't yeah, know. I don't know this. I bet you he plays yeah. though. If he was questionable all week this week, he'll probably he'll probably play. But with no run game in Buffalo, I mean, it's a pass first offense every every play. Could you uh, imagine uh, if they hit a good running back? They thought so with James Cook, but I have yet to see it. And no, he's their not their commitment to a run game is right now, right? Yeah, but James Cook has the the abilities. They have to, Zach Moss too. Yeah, those guys are better right now, but James Cook is the ability to get to the next level. But their their lack of a commitment to a run him. game. Yeah, he's got that dog in him. He's got <laughs> wheels. He's Dalvin Cook's brother. I mean, we saw his explosiveness in college, but. Uh, yeah, no. If you can, if you don't run the ball more than ten times a game, if one guy's not getting more than six to eight carries, how are you going to know if you truly can run the ball? That's why I'm eager to see this team down the road in the playoffs or in New England. But we'll get to that when we get there. That's why you can't take a Bills under either. It's that they throw the ball ninety percent of the time, and he's not throwing checkdown passes. He's throwing slants across the middle, fifteen yards every play. So, yeah, no, it's insane what they're doing right now. Yeah, it's fun to watch for sure. Definitely. That game was insane. It just gets so out of hand so quick. I was hoping for somewhat of a good game, and then it just was no chance. They're them just th- airing the ball out. Like I hate when primetime games get the blowouts like that. Sunday night was a blowout. Monday night was a blowout. Both of them. Like I hate when the primetime games are blowouts. I like a fucking good game if everyone's watching. Usually they do their best to uh, keep it close. Yeah, they try to write the script pretty good. Yeah, definitely. For sure. <laughs> Sometimes it's too good. Sometimes it's just a little too much. and they Yeah. <laughs> too much sauce. All right, next 1 o'clock game, we got the New Orleans Saints at the Carolina Panthers. The Saints coming in as the favorite at minus 3, the money line at minus 156, and the over-under at 40.5. Both these teams coming off a loss last week. When is Baker Mayfield going to step it up here for the Panthers? What do we think? This week, give me the Panthers plus three. <laughs> oh my god! That's all I have to say about it. At home, I, I, I don't like, hate that. I don't. Ha- I don't Star love Clark it. Going to suffer from this team. <laughs> I don't love it. But Mackie, last year we had the same thing with the Panthers. We rode through it, and I just, I don't know. I, in this situation, Jameis didn't show me anything good last week. Saints. A lot of, I mean, they have some players, but last week against a, a good Bucks team, not being able to score too much, it's a good defense. But I don't know. I like the Panthers. Give me a. I always like taking points in a divisional game. Give me the Panthers plus three at home. They're due. They are Ace. due. They, they can cover. They don't have to win. Last week, and they're saying they're due. Yeah, they're due. I mean, the Giants. The Giants suck. I mean, I don't know. They're not going. Giants are probably the worst two and zero team of all time, to be honest. Yeah, yeah, we've we've went over this, but uh, yeah, Baker Mayfield does do. Hasn't been playing his best football of all time, but he's not playing bad. Um, I don't know, but I'm not, I'm definitely not putting him on my card this week. You know, I bet with the streak, so they're they've lost two in a row, so I'm going to stay away. But I think they are due, and they get their win. And once they do that, I'll put them back into my box of we'll take them. Uh, I do think they pull this one out at home against the Saints. Weak Saints team lost a lot on defense. Alvin Kamara non-existent, not even playing. Um, Jameis Winston is Jameis Winston. Middle of the road, not going to win you the game, not going to lose you the game. So I think that uh, Baker Mayfield 
this game means more to them. We haven't seen McCaffrey pop off either yet, so I'd like to see how uh, CMC does this week. I um I think the Saints win this game on the road. I think the Panthers have nothing really going for them. I was completely wrong about Baker Mayfield this year and how he would come out and play. He hasn't done anything special. He's the same old Baker. Um, I don't know. I just there's nothing really going for them right now. Mccaffrey's looked mid at most. Um, I don't, I don't know. I think the they Saints look like they're using him so conservatively. Like Matt Rule is just not using that team to their full potential. I think he's not. He's definitely not used like he did. Like he was in like 2019. No. I don't know. Maybe it's because he's so injury prone, and they don't want to have to go through what they've gone through for the past four years. So. Yeah. A lot of things. He's got to open up the. Game. He's got to open up the playbook for Baker. Just fucking air it out. Like you're zero two. Just fucking throw the ball. Him, I- you don't want Baker airing the ball out, man. He's gonna I know, the but like, what what do they have to lose? They're the fucking Panthers. For real. I just think... Uh, get the Mc- ball in the hands of your feed, best players. You don't got to be McCaffrey, airing it out downfield. I'm saying feed feed your best player. Feed McCaffrey and feed DJ McCaffrey until he's back on the IR. Come on. Yeah, you could say that, but they haven't figured that out yet, clearly. Yeah, lost it's, to- it's, only, it's only week three. If they're going to turn around, maybe now's the time, right? Yeah. Two losses. Not much time Kobe left. Reset. Jacoby Brissett and Daniel Jones have beaten the Carolina Panthers. I think Jameis can get it done too. Uh, yeah, I'm I'm a Jameis fan, but he just didn't look good last week. He hasn't looked good yet. That's a, that's a tough Bucks team. They've given up what six points in two games. The yeah. Bucks have the best defense in the league. One of them, top five. It's sure. shown so far. Alrighty, the next game up is the Kansas City Chiefs at the Indianapolis Colts. We got the Chiefs favorited at minus five and a half. The money line at minus two sixty and the over under at fifty and a half. The Colts are on my do not bet list as of week two. Uh, <laughs> it, was, it was a good ride, but I'm on to bigger and better things. They got blown out last week. Chiefs slid past the Chargers. Kind of tight game there. Tighter than I expected. I mean, I know the Chargers are a good team, but Kind of expected Pat Mahomes to step on him a little more, but you got to think this is a massacre waiting to happen. But what do you guys think? I think yeah, that's what I was thinking. It's like it's almost they're begging, like, kind of the same thing with the Ravens line. Like dude, this dude, is too good to be true. Five and a half is a crazy line for this game. This is way too crazy. good to be true. Why are the Bills getting six and a half against a two and zero Dolphins team, and the Chiefs same situation are getting five and a half going to Miami or going yeah, to I, fucking Indy? I, it's because, it's because, no of, it's because of Jonathan Taylor and the pedigree of that Colts team over the, the past few years. I mean, they have that that stifling defense, and the Matt Ryan's supposed to be good. I mean, I'm on the Chiefs. Everyone's out for the Colts, though. Stifling Shaq Leonard's out. Oh, yeah, the whole I team's agree. out. But the line I'm saying is just that way because people expect so much more from them. I don't know, man. Colts have looked like one of the worst teams in the league. Matt Ryan literally looks like the worst quarterback. Arguably the, league, the worst quarterback in the NFL right now. And they're sitting here at the five-and-a-half-point line against Pat Mahomes, who has looked – like he did in 2018. I just this line makes zero sense. I I genuinely think the Colts cover this game, game just because of this. Yeah, game. I don't know why. I, the, the, I for how much they're begging me to take the Chiefs here, I I want to buy a half point and give the Colts six. Like I don't I don't know why, but it makes no sense. Mackie, I'm right there with I'm you. A, you're in this. You're seeing what I'm seeing. This makes no sense. Like yeah, I'm a, I'm a big believer in like. Like Vegas always wins, and this is a situation where it's like actually. This is why, yeah. This is the reason. It, it, Show me. It, it, honestly, it's making me think like reverse. Let me see. Like reverse psycho. Like, what's the fucking what's that term? 
Reverse psychology, like, I don't know, I'm not. Reverse just, osmosis, you're not gaining like, water, looks, are you? It, it, <laughs> it looks just so keep sketchy, talking. it looks so sketchy that I think that it's, so many people are going to take the Colts because it's so sketchy and the Chiefs might even cover. That's what I mean, dude, like, it's so scary. Saying, it's so, it's, it could be that bad. The Chiefs are going to win this game by 40 or the Colts cover? Yeah, I mean, I think they're going to win by 40. Patrick Mahomes is having that replica MVP year and stuff like that. And like we said, Matt Ryan can't keep pace. A big name to keep watch of will be if Michael Pittman actually suits up and if they're hoping to keep up in the arms race, they'll need him. Um, like you said, a depleted Colts defense. I think the Chiefs get this one. Five and a half, weird line again. But the the Colts don't have enough star power or offensive firepower like the Chargers did last week to come in backdoor cover. So I'll take the I'll take the Chiefs here. Didn't last week. Took the Chargers. Ended up losing tough. Dude, everything there. you just said is what I'm thinking, and it's just that number is so weird. It makes no sense. Yeah, I agree with you. Five and a half is a lot. Might have to tease that down, but I do like the Chiefs to win this game here. It's but just I do, weird. I like, think it Patrick makes no Mahomes sense. Rolls. I think he rolls. I do too. It's exactly what I'm saying. I just think it's the same situation as Lamar going to play the Patriots. Same reason I like the Patriots. I think a lot of people are going to be give me the Ravens off a loss here. No, you like, tease Chiefs this. are rolling. You tease this five. Yeah, you points, tease you this. Get them outright. Yeah. You'd get them at plus one and a half. You put them with another team. Literally. So Something I know it's Wednesday night here sure. as we're record. So I know it's Wednesday night here as we're recording, but Fanduel's reporting. Percent of the money is in favor of Kansas City at ninety four percent, and percent of the bets, the spread bets, is at ninety three percent in Kansas City's favor as well. Yo, come on! Like, tell me, tell me, tell me the Colts don't cover this game. You, you can't. I actually might take the Colts. And we are announcing a two unit play for Michael Mackey, uh, Colts money line. <laughs> Colts money line plus. I'm just Colts kidding. Alternate plus line minus three. Minus three. <laughs> <laughs> they, they win by two because Rodrigo Blankenship isn't there to kick the extra. They ball. caught him. Yeah, I was gonna say they caught him. Good stuff there. I think that's gonna be an interesting game, as we're saying. You know that spread is in such a weird spot, and the money is all over Kansas City. So I'm excited to see that one. Next one up, we got the Detroit Lions at the Minnesota Vikings. The Vikings are favored in this one at minus five and a half. The money line set at minus two fifty and the over under at fifty three and a half. Big fan of the Detroit Lions, but I'm scared to bet on them as I am every year. What do we think, Mackie? You want to get us going on this one? Yeah, this is uh two teams that I've been kind of impressed with. Vikings obviously had a really rough outing last week, but that's uh basic primetime Kirk Cousins. I think this is a game where Vikings definitely come out on top. I think they get off to a quick lead, maybe 21-3 to three at half, and Detroit comes storming back. They backdoor cover this game. So I do kind of like Detroit with the points in a divisional matchup, but I think the Vikings win this game outright. Yeah, I'd like to – I was thinking same thing. Divisional game, give me the points. I'll take the Lions plus six. Yeah, um, I'm not – this is one of the games I'm more scared of this line than I am with the uh, Chiefs line, but I like the Vikings to have a bounce-back week here. It's not a primetime game, so, you know, Kirk's going to settle in just fine. I think that the Lions are riding high after that win last week. Um, so I think that the Vikings come in – they have the better roster by far. Um, they control the ball. They're going to put up points. Dalvin Cook will find the end zone. Justin Jefferson will bounce back. Um, all will be well in Minnesota, and they'll be looking back on track to win that division. Six points is a lot, though, so I'm not taking them with that, but I'll take a money line. 
What's that money line at? Minus two fifty. Yeah, that'll be an apartment. That's a nice booster, Ace. It's a nice booster. Is it? Divisional game. Oh, it won't be pretty, but I think that there's a bounce back week here. I think that the lines keep up a little bit, but it's gonna be a bounce back week for Minnesota. You see that's you see the lines are in the top five scoring teams so far through two weeks? I did, yeah, yeah, take out the fourth quarters of both games though, and let me see what they got. I mean, you got you play four quarters. You play four. You can't just do that. You can't just yeah, take that out. No, no, I, no. I'm I'm just saying though. Like, take out the guard- fourth quarter of that Super Bowl against the Falcons. You lost the Super I Bowl. Know, no, I, well, that's all right. Well, that's way different stakes. I'm talking about when it's when the Eagles were up 35 to 14 in Week One, and they backdoor covered so late. The game was never in jeopardy. I mean, take it as you want, but that's how I see it. You're definitely right, but you do play four quarters, so. It's like the, Look at it's what like the Cardinals a, did last week. Like our, same situation. It's like, it's like our point. It's like our point with the uh, with the Dolphins coming back against the Ravens. I think it's more of the inability of the other teams to close than the ability of these teams. We saw it throughout the first three quarters. They're not like that. So I think against a better team like the Vikings with a good defense and a lot of an offense, I think they have enough to get through it. Even if the Lions can put up points consistently, especially Eagles Week One playing against a team like the Lions who have proved absolutely nothing. So you're up 35-14. You're probably going to give up a lot. And, uh, Dan Campbell has those boys fight until the end, so yeah, they'll stick in the game, but they're not going to win. Oh yeah, I know what you're saying. Yeah, it makes sense. Good stuff there. Our next game is the Philadelphia Eagles at the Washington Commanders. The Eagles are our favorite this week at minus six and a half. Their money line sitting at minus two ninety five in the over under at forty seven and a half. Eagles taking care of the Vikings in easy fashion last week. Commanders were unable to convert against the Lions. What do you guys think? I absolutely love Commanders' money line. I think Carson Wentz at home, Commanders Nation. I think uh, against his former team, I think he pops off in a divisional game. You're getting six and a half points here. I think it's a crazy line. Eagles have proved a lot, don't get me wrong, but... Again, you're getting in a divisional game and it's a lot different ball game. These teams know each other way too much, and uh, there's a little um, there's a little private private uh, encounters with them with Wentz and the Eagles. So I think he has a good game, and I think they find a way to win this game. Yeah, um, I think it's going to be a pretty tight game, divisional. The, the, the Commanders have looked good, but Mackie, how come you're changing your narrative all of a sudden? I mean, you guys have been all over the Eagles all year, right? I think um, the Eagles are sick. I still think they go 4-2 and two in the division and they lose one of the commanders. And at home, yeah, it's a good situation for them to lose. Yeah, I agree that Carson Wentz has looked like his old self of late, but let's take a moment and pump the brakes on the commanders real quick. Who have they played in the last two weeks? They lost to a Lions team that the Eagles handled, obviously, throughout the game, like we just talked about with that late scoring. They handled them pretty well. Um, and the week before, the commanders squeaked by the Jacksonville Jaguars. Um, so it's like... And you can't be talking on the Jaguars saying they won 21 nothing last week because they just played that Colts team in ability. And like Carson Wentz, we're going back to the point with Matt Ryan. He was replaced by Matt Ryan. So how good is he in reality? I don't think the Eagles win by 6.5 points, but I think the Eagles win this game outright. They're definitely the leaders of that division. The commanders are going to fall back down to earth after two competitive games to open the season. I'm not defending Carson Wentz, but he left before Matt Ryan was a Colt. But that's not going to allude to my point. But I like the commanders. Huh? 
they they didn't bring him back. They thought that Matt Ryan was a better. Yeah, option. No, 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 no. I'm. Yeah, I know what you mean. I'm. Uh, me. He was a command. He was a commander before Matt Ryan was a Colt. But I like the Commanders in this game. Divisional game. Give me the seven points. I'll take Commanders plus seven. I'll buy the half point. Ace, let me just say that uh, I wasn't alluding to the Commanders being a good team at all. I wasn't really looking at their last two games at all. I'm more looking at a uh, Carson Wentz against his former team in a divisional game at home. Uh, I think it's a good spot for them. I, I bet thinking, good teams thinking revenge good teams, game. Good teams lose to bad teams all the time, so you know it's definitely a spot. Yeah, no, where you're not, it you could know. happen. I, I just think the Eagles are on such a good pace right now, rolling, coming high off that Monday night game. I mean, they're they're all locked and loaded right now. AJ Brown's something to monitor, right? But uh, that defensive front and that the offensive firepower they have, both sides of the ball, the the Commanders haven't been matched up with that yet this year. So uh, Carson Wentz, you get some pressure on him with those locks of DBs in that secondary. We just saw them shut down Justin Jefferson. I'm eager to see how, how they fare against uh, Scary Terry and crew. But I'll take the Eagles here for sure. With the points? Not with the points. Parlay booster. He's taking yeah. at least two ninety five money lines. Yeah, no, we've we've seen this before. I mean, it's not going to be like on my card expected, but I'm just saying it's it's like that Chiefs game last week with the Chargers. Too too much of points to both on to bet on either side. Say. Yeah, I know what you mean. Fair. Six and a half is so much in a divisional game. Yeah, that's a crazy line. I'm surprised they're giving them that much respect. But after they shut down the Vikings like they did in the weak competition that Washington's faced, I mean. I still like the Eagles to win this game. I don't think Carson Wentz does much against. No, that yeah, defense. I think I I I like the Eagles to win this game. I think it's a four, three, four point game somewhere in there, six maybe. I like. I can't imagine how they're going to move the ball though. That Vikings def- offense was so stagnant against the Eagles last week, and I feel like they're so much better than. than they are. Washington it is a better. Does. It is a better offense. It's. Primetime Kirk Cousins, yeah, that's Commanders what, yeah. are at home here. Yeah. Like Mackie said, I'm seeing his thing, the revenge game. That can go both ways, you know. This game isn't in Philly, so uh, I think Carson Wentz could start out on a nice little roll here, get some points to start the game out. Uh, anytime you're, you know, taking a plus seven bet and your team scores first, uh, we've seen, I mean, like I said, we play four quarters for a reason, but it makes you feeling good off the bat. So um, I'll take the Commanders plus seven. think i'm with that i don't really like the eagles too much give me the commanders all right next up one of the one o'clock games is the las vegas raiders at the tennessee titans we got the raiders favorited at minus one and a half the money line at minus 124 and the over under at 44 excuse me 45 and a half the titans money line sitting at plus 106 nothing good to say about the titans raiders taking the cardinals to overtime last week Cardinals taking the Raiders to overtime last week. Yes, correct. <laughs> Raiders had the okay, Raiders had to lead the whole game. Give me, give me the Raiders here and a bounce back. Um, Raiders money line. Agreed, hundred percent. I mean, I've talked up the Raiders all year. They have so much on offense. Josh McDaniels is dying for that win. Um, he just brought in some offensive help. He brought another former Patriot under back to his team. Traded for Justin Heron today to shore up that O line a little bit. But uh, I, that Tennessee team has looked so bad. They played so poorly. Um, I think they get trounced again here. How do you feel about this over under 45 and a half? I don't see how the uh, – you know what I see actually? I see Malik Willis's time coming very soon, which means that the Titans aren't scoring very many points. So that's a scary line, but I'll take the uh, Raiders. 
Yeah, I definitely like the Raiders as well. I think this Titans team is very bad. Derrick Henry has looked awful. Nothing like he has in the past few years. I don't know if that's the injury or just, you know, picking up on uh, how Derrick Henry plays and just what they're doing with him. But this Raiders team is good, and they're they're off to a rough start. So I think this is a nice bounce-back win for them. I think it's an easier win for them. I think they win by 7-plus. And, um, yeah, I think they have a good game. I think Titans are pretty bad, pretty poverty. Yeah, I agree, but I do think this is a good spot for a bounce back from Derrick Henry. Weak defense on the Raiders' side of the ball. I do think the Raiders cover the spread and beat them handedly, but this could be a big bounce back week for Derrick Henry. He's going to be running mad against a weak defense. That's, look- that's why I was looking at that over-under. I think the Titans put up their points, but I think the Raiders win. I don't, yeah, I don't think they do it the right way. I think it's only Derrick Henry, but uh, yeah, I don't think Tannehill does much here. I think it's Malik Willis' time. I don't know, dude. Derrick Tennessee. Henry has not looked like himself. They've shown they're not scared to go to Burks early either. Yeah, he's I like basically Burks. their wide receiver one. Like, I like Burks. I'm not they, saying they, that's a good. They said thing, that but... coming in though. They want to give him the volume. They drafted him as AJ Brown's replacement. Yeah. Good stuff there. Let's jump into our next one: the Houston Texans at the Chicago Bears. The Bears is our favorite at minus two and a half. Their money line at minus one thirty eight. And the over-under at 40.5. Both these teams losing last week. Who will take the W this week? Who did the Texans play last week again? Denver. The Broncos. They played them tight. Oh, played them tight. Broncos country, let's suck. I think that says a lot more about the Broncos than it does about Houston. But uh, I definitely like Houston here. I think it's a battle of two shit teams. And I think the Houston's the better of the two... uh, the better of the two, in my opinion. I think Davis Mills is actually a better quarterback than a lot of people seem to think. Um, Justin Hurts is good as well. Or uh, Justin, Fields Justin, Fields. Justin Fields is good as well. But I just think that Bears team is just really, really bad around him. And he, he can't really do much. He has an awful O-line and no time to like run around in the pocket or really do anything. So I think the Texans win this game. Yeah, I like I like that Mackie too. I definitely agree, but I'm gonna do what most people do on Sunday and stay away from this game. Um, nobody's gonna watch it. I'm not gonna take anything on it. I mean, it's we've seen Soldier Field kind of uh, be a backbone to the Bears, so playing at home is something nice. But two very unproven teams that have fought hard, but we don't really know what to expect from them. We don't know what's going on either side of the ball. The coaches really don't know either. Um, young quarterbacks facing off against each other going to be something I'm staying away from. Maybe the under, if anything, but. I was just gonna say if I'm if I'm lean, I'm kind of sitting in the same seat as you with that opinion. Um, tough spread, two and a half home team gets a field goal. It's kind of what you expect in most NFL games between two kind of even teams. Uh, the over under is forty and a half. Uh, I'm right there with you. I'm leaning. If anything, I like the under. Uh, any game in Chicago, it's obviously going to come down to what the weather is. Uh, if we have another monsoon like we had week one, not saying you know you have the same thing, but uh, Bears playing rain very often. Kind of teams like Seattle and. The, um, that comes up with the home field advantage that you talked about and uh, with Soldier Field and them being home here. Uh, Texans coming off two straight covers, I believe. Yeah, Colts, they tied. They got the seven and a half. And then last week against the Broncos covering. Um, I think, I mean, whichever team wins, give them the two and a half. But I like the under here, 40 and a half. I do think my Texans get to one, one, and one. This is the week that they get that win and start putting it together. Yeah. But- not throwing it on I a could. card or anything, but yeah, under and Texans. I'd I'm definitely leaning. be leaning Texans, Mackie. I'm right there with you. I'm with both you on leaning well, Texans, not. but I like the I like the no points or the I'm not, under. 
I'm not betting it either. I was just doing it for the sake of the podcast. <laughs> no, yeah, absolutely. I know what you mean. I, that's kind of how I roll. Roll Davis Mills. That long neck of like his Davis is going to get in their first win. Like yeah, he's good. I think, I think he's actually pretty good. He would be Mac Jones if we didn't get Mac Jones. Anybody can do what Mac Jones is doing. Oh, yeah. I don't see you doing it. Well, I'm not an NFL quarterback. Yeah, that's what I give thought. Him, Mac give Jones the kid is. his chance. Mac Jones is in the Pro Bowl. How many people can say that? Carry on next game. Mitch Trubisky can. A good amount of people can say that. <laughs> oh, yeah, Mackie. In the NFL, that I played in the NFL, you can't rule out – you can't bring me and you into playing this. Mitch, no, Mitch Trubisky no, was a pro bowler. Don't of, forget that. A lot of big quarterbacks don't make the pro bowl, I'm saying. So it's, yeah. it's Mitch Trubisky did. No big deal. MVP. Did, yeah. MVP. All right. Let's get to the next one. Mac Jones' time will come for that award. Let's get this last 1 o'clock game rolling. The Cincinnati Bengals at the New York Jets. Mackey's New York Jets. The Cincinnati Bengals are favored at minus 5.5. Why? Money line at minus two thirty-five. Every and New the York over team under is at forty-five and a half. Yes, Mackie is our New York representative. <laughs> Every Not my team, but I'll, I'll claim him. Mackie's affiliated with all eight New York City teams. <laughs> Come on, after that win that last week, I'll claim the New York Jets. Take right off the America. Red Sox hat. Nah, this is too fresh to take off. But Red Sox are pretty poverty this year too. But Jets plus five at home against a struggling Bengals team. I don't know. I, I mean. What what's that face for, Ace? What do you gotta say? You think they're this not guy's on crack? When you disconnect, Dude. I was telling you to stay off the weed. Bengals get back on track here. Joe Burr gets going. <laughs> they beat him by an alternate spread of twelve and a half. Give me the Bengals minus five every day. Uh, I, I actually beg to differ in this game. I think this is a new Jets team. I think Garrett Wilson is playing out of his mind right now, coming back in that game after uh, getting injured. And uh, new Jets, same points. Joe Flacco. Plus five points in MetLife? I don't know. Give me the Jets plus five, maybe even outright. Bengals start 0-3. Joe Burr is over with. The Jets. I'll take the Bengals. For the, se- for the season. J-E-T-S. Suck, suck, suck. Yeah, the Bengals <laughs> minus five is a lot. Okay, so so is the, so is the Panthers. Hey, bet, bet that Jets plus five. Let me see on your card. I, I'll, take, I'll take Bengals. I'll take Bengals. All right, let's do it right now. Bengals minus five is going to be on my card. No, see, see, I'm, I, uh, uh, I'm over here. I'm over here. Plus five and a half units. I can't just be throwing out plays. Yeah, like you don't want to throw a losing bet on your card, do you? Well, listen, I gotta, I gotta look into it a little more. I can't just. I'm with the Bengals. I gotta, yeah. I'm. I, I always have to look at the injuries leading up to it. I think this game, you could see this get. I don't know which way this line's going to move. Uh, Jets at home. I don't think you see them getting six points, but. Uh, if this drops to an even five, yeah, I love the Bengals. I love them five and a half, like you said, Ace. I think this they win this game by ten or more. I think the offense gets back on track. Um, yeah, tough loss last week in Dallas. Give me the Bengals minus five and a half. Put Yo, it on Jesse, the card, Mackie. Put it on the card. Jesse, go check the percentage of bets on that one. Oh, it's it's going to be crazy. But the, that happened with the Ravens and Jets week one, and we still team carded that in it. Well, it was a lot. 90! 90, 90 to 10! Get the fuck out of here! Excuse okay. my language. Pull, 90 pull up, to 10. Pull up, pull up Ravens Jets week one, and we were all over that as a happened. team. I can't yeah, and that was, that was a higher okay, spread. Okay, but 90% spread. of the time, 90% of the time, Vegas wins. So it didn't happen week one. I'm just telling you. I'm just telling you. I'm just telling you that the Bengals are winning by Listen, five. Listen, you guys call me crazy for taking the Giants week one. You guys call me crazy for uh, taking the Jets now, so... 
guys a homer. You go Jets. You are a New York representative. I mean, yeah, bro. I feel it. I feel it. You know what? It's it's just in me. I feel it in me, and I feel when New York teams are gonna win. Mackey is the Empire State of Mind. Give him the Jets plus five. Sounds like any girl with Antonio Cromartie. (laughs) (laughs) Don't gotta make it like that. Well, it's your Jets for you. Bengals minus five. Lock it in. Hoff's on the on the train. I think Jesse probably will be too. Get Jets. I think plus you could see a flack. You could see a Flacco butt fumble in this game. Yeah, that would be the highlight. Oh, well, of that's the day a once in a lifetime thing you see. You'll never see that again <laughs> in your life. No, right, I'm not. I'm offended. not. I hate to. I hate to downplay oh, the Jets listen, as much I as I am, I, but I don't like the Jets. You can shit on them all day. I don't give a fuck. But no, I, that's I'm not why I'm trying to downplay them. I think they're a better team than I'm making it seem. And Flacco's getting the job done last week with a. I don't like you said Ace. So you say you thought it was more the Ravens giving up the game to the Dolphins. How do you think that game went with uh, the Jets coming back against the Browns? Do you think that's more of a slight to the Browns' defense nah, or more any, of a praise to this Jets' offense? It's not trying to do. Yeah, that's what I'm saying with Mackie. It's, it's an onside kick. kick. Onside kick is a stolen game. Lucky bounce, yeah. So I'll take the Bengals. Yeah, but for the for that Jets team to score two touchdowns in the last minute and a half, regardless of the onside kick, it's you, pretty Yeah, bad. you still got to convert. Yeah, dude, Joe Flacco looked like prime Joe Flacco out there, Super Bowl quarterback. Yeah, Joe Flacco is a lead. Don't let it go by at the wayside. But yeah, Bengals swap him this week. Joe Burrow, know, Joe man. Burrow uh, is off Instagram and Twitter because he said he's bounce, he's ready to bounce back. So give me the zero ball. dark thirty like LeBron James lock in yeah. there, Joe Burr. Those, fume, those fumes in East Rutherford are pretty bad. I don't know. Maybe getting no. Uh, Joey he P's just needs to wear the fucking there. Cartier shades and the fur jacket into the game and he'll win. Mac, like, yeah, are we going to see a, a New York, New York parlay from you? <laughs> no, the Giants lose this week. Okay. Play against my boys. Cooper rushing my boys. Yeehaw. Coming off a win against Joey B. Joey Burr. <laughs> Cooper Rush. <laughs> All right, let's jump into these 4 o'clock games. First up, we got the Jacksonville Jaguars going all the way over to the to L.A. to visit the Chargers. we got the Chargers favored at an even minus 7. Their money line at minus 300 and the over-under at 47.5. Jags have momentum this week after a big win. Chargers not able to make it past Pat Mahomes and the Chiefs last week. What do we think is going to happen? Trevor Lawrence, Jaguars. Scary. Chargers roll him here. here. Scary game here, though. You need to make sure Justin Herbert's good to go, right? Um, yeah, I forgot that. I forgot the injury. Thank you yeah, for saying that. You're going to have to wait at any play on this. You're going to have to wait until Saturday night, Sunday morning, to check in on that Chargers injury report. Um, if he's good to go or even at 75% or better, I like the Chargers here. But if I mean, not, if you get Trevor Lawrence against a backup or a downtrodden Justin Herbert, I mean, he balled out last week, uh, but that defense is so good. I'm, I'm liking the Chargers here, but. No, 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 Justin Herbert. I mean, you gotta, you gotta try to find the the news to see if Herbert could be looking to get an injection right before the game on Sunday, and we know how that's gone with the Chargers in the past. So, uh, could lead to maybe more than a one game <laughs> one game out for Herbert. Mackie, go ahead. Yeah, uh, I mean, we've seen Trevor Lawrence score the ball this year pretty well and uh, efficiently, but he he hasn't really put any uh, prolific defenses yet, and they have one over at the Chargers, so. I don't know. I think this is a slow game to start out. I think Justin Herbert's injury comes into play for a little. 
I think he'll play this game. He's like he's playing, right? I think he's playing. That's a reason. It's probably a seven points. Yeah, but even if he's Chase, playing, think even if he's playing, you it. saw him wincing. He was, he was bad. Yeah, yeah, you saw him throw not... that forty-yard dot on oh, fourth dog. down. Dog, he's got that dog in him. I agree, but just just something to be wary of. No, I think uh, I think it's a close game for the most part, and I think uh, Chargers pull away within the third quarter. It's one of those basic four o'clock games that start pretty slow. And, you think uh, uh, Eckler comes back this week and finally gets back to his uh, top five running back status, or no? I think it's bound to happen. I don't know if uh, this is a good situation for him to be in against that Jacksonville defense. It's obviously not a strong one. Uh, his his um threat in the pass game is obviously a huge factor in this one. So I think he could um he could definitely have a, have a good game this week and show who we, what he was supposed to be this year. I'm I'm right there with you. I totally forgot all the news with Herbert, and that's kind of a slight to my own knowledge, but. Um, yeah, I'm, I'll be waiting up until Sunday. I think you'll see a lot of line movement on this one with a lot of the injury news going on with the Chargers. Um, so we'll have to wait and see. Long flight from Jacksonville to L.A., big stadium. Uh, lights are bright, even though it's Sunday, 4 o'clock. So, uh, like you said, Jags coming off a big win. We'll have to see if they can keep that momentum rolling uh, against a tough team with the Chargers. So if they have Herbert, I like them to win by 10-plus. Young star quarterback going to L.A. for the weekend. You never know what he's doing on a Saturday night. <laughs> True. Pretty pretty boy Trevor Lawrence. He's been married since he was like seventeen, dude. He's not doing anything. Is he is he still with that girl? Yeah, probably. Oh, yeah. He married her like his freshman year at Clemson. At least it seemed like. It seemed like oh, he was at Clemson for seven years, didn't it? Or is that just me? I don't know. I well, felt like he was a Clemson no, I felt like he was the Clemson quarterback as long as Tebow was at Florida. Like Deshaun five years. Watson, Deshaun Watson was there in like twenty. Yeah, they did have the so. Watson and then Trevor Lawrence was just there. good every year he was there. Yeah, so he was relevant. That's why I feel like you know what I mean? He felt like he was there every year. He only had one natty though, I think. Yeah. He lost to Bama on the one. Bama wins every other year, dude. Yep. Except not this year. Georgia's going back back to back. Yeah, Georgia's going back to back. I I like I like to say it. I like Georgia, so. Alrighty, let's move up to the Seattle with the Atlanta Falcons at the Seattle Seahawks. The Seahawks coming in at the favorite is at minus one and a half. The money line at minus one twenty six and the over under at forty one and a half. Falcons kept up with the Rams last week. Can't say the same about the Seahawks against the 49ers. What do you guys think? This is a snooze fest. This might be the worst game of the week. Agreed. This is our, our dud of the week, I think. I don't yeah. think so at all. I think Jimmy G is playing for that contract money. He's going to get it done again. Easily. Jimmy G. We're, we're talking about the Falcons and Seahawks. Wrong game, boss. I thought you said Niners. Two out west teams. No, right. he, said, he said Seahawks coming off a loss against the Niners. Okay, all right. My bad. We're talking Falcons-Seahawks. Seahawks, a one-and-a-half-point favorite, minus 126 money line. Falcons plus 102 over under 41-and-a-half. Now that you know what game we're talking about. Now that I know what game you're talking about, I wish we weren't. Yeah, exactly. Snooze fast. Snooze fast. Snooze fast. This, is, this is officially not the hit-the-books game of the week. I do um, think, wah, wah. I think I think the Falcons win this game. I think Marcus Mariota gets a win here. Drake London looked really good last week. He did. I have him on my fantasy bench, and I've been tempted. I was tempted to put him in last week, and I went with Amari Cooper over him, which ended up being another good decision. But yeah, I was gonna say, um, he's yeah, a he, had a, he had a, Drake London. Target exactly. Hog. 
both of them are right now. Cooper is like yeah, a stud yeah. in Cleveland. I it, like I said, they. I think I think Drake London actually had twenty four points in my league, and Cooper had twenty six or vice versa. So yeah. either one, it was like couldn't you know what I mean? I can't start both guys. I had, seems, I figured who I had my flex. My team, my one London, team is though. loaded, but yeah, Drake London for the Falcons seems like he's the new guy there. Uh, they're kind of fading away from Pitts, getting three targets. I like. Do you hear what Arthur Smith said after the game? This yeah. isn't fantasy football. We're not looking to give him the ball every play. It's like uh, kind of the same thing with the Panthers. You need to get the ball to your best player. Yeah, I think we see a squeaky wheel treatment here. I don't know. I think Pitts is a little overrated. I think second. Year I think he is late. too. What is he do? What, Ace, explain to me what he has done that's been a, even re, a little remotely better than the average. Played with Marcus Mariota and Matt Ryan. I okay. Well. <laughs> what, about, what about what about Michael Pitt? What about Michael Pittman putting up 160 yards in his first game with Matt Ryan? Yeah, he's a wide receiver, but we're going back to the tight end thing here. Like, there's no other tight ends in the league with his talent. Um, he's going to put together sooner disagree. rather than later. He's going to put together a, a weak tight end class, especially this year. Um, he's going to put it together sooner rather than later. But I am also uh, also uh, discouraged by the production he's seen so far. I'm going to put that more on the staff and his quarterback situation. But I think it's a squeaky wheel treatment here. I'll take a guy like Fryermuth. Hmm. Sure, I would actually take. I would actually take Fryermuth over Kyle Pitts right now. Oh, literally no! I hope whoever's listening to this can pin this and remember this because. Well, that no, is I'm not talking true. about. I'm talking about fantasy. I'm not talking about like actual like, skill wise. Oh, I'm not taking. I'm not taking him in fantasy either. Kyle Pitts is going to bounce back. Don't 100%. worry. I think it is going to be this week. I, I disagree. I think he has the Kyle Pitts is too good to play to play. Dude, if he doesn't turn shit around soon and like what are they gonna do? Are they gonna trade him? If he doesn't do something with another team, he could go down as one of the biggest bust tight ends of all time. No, I don't think it's like that. He played with Matt Ryan, who you said is arguably the worst QB in the league, and now he has a backup quarterback. Bro, there's been so team. many good there's been so many good players that have played with shitty tight ends and or shitty quarterbacks and have and gotten the job ex- done. Excelled. Name five tight ends that have done that. I could name who was Tony Gonzalez's quarterback. He had Matt Ryan in his prime for a little bit. Who was Tony? Who was Tony Gonzalez's quarterback before the Falcons? George George Kittle, um, Jordan Reed, um, Darren Waller. Kinda. I don't think Derek Carr is. Yeah, Darren Waller. Derek. Jimmy Garoppolo is getting the job done with a running back. Okay. What are you? You're not going to say Marcus Mariota. Marcus Mariota is the quarterback. Matt Ryan. Okay. Matt Ryan. Marcus Mariota. Marcus Mariota is terrible. Yes. Johnny Smith had a better season. Been to a Super Bowl. He's been to Super Bowl and an NFC Championship. Marcus Jimmy Garoppolo wins. Marcus Mariota is terrible. Kyle Pitts is going to bounce back. Pin the clip. This whatever it is. Fryermuth better than Kyle Pitts. You're on. You're crazy. Fantasy wise, I said fantasy wise. I backed it up. Yeah, fantasy wise, two duds. I didn't. I'll take him. Fuck Kyle Pitts. Wow, crazy, crazy. He's a falcon. He's a bust. Mm, I don't know. I think it's too around them. He draws double coverage on every play. Oh, you're gonna see. I don't think he's actually a bust. I'm just fucking like making conversation here. But I mean, it's a be- it's a situational thing, like you said. Marcus Mariota's a running quarterback. It's a style thing. And even if they go to Ritter, yeah. like it's not guaranteed. Like you look at these no, stats: yeah, three targets on a sure. Sunday. Like he's got to get his looks, and like he hasn't gotten the chance. But one touchdown last year. Come on, bro. Yeah, like th- you got to. Well, they got to get him his touchdowns. He was on and off the field. Yeah, I agree. With you. They have to. They have to get him the ball. And that, like that coach said, he you you said it best at the beginning. It's like McCaffrey feed your best players the ball. I mean. 
Come on, Marcus Mariota is fucking terrible. But Steelers are just such a such a heavy usage of their tight end team. They're one of those teams that it's run the ball and then throw the ball to your tight end. So it's just like Fryermuth has gotten his touches and obviously touchdowns over the past you know year and a half. I think he already has one this year. I could be wrong. No, I am wrong on that. He does not have one. But he had I think maybe like seven last year. I don't want to quote myself on that, but he had his touches last year. And I mean Ben, he was Ben's security blanket most most of the year, and that's why. No, I um, like Fryer. Don't get me wrong, I like him a lot. He's one yeah. of the better young tight ends. I, I didn't mean to straight up compare him to Kyle Pitts because, like, athleticism wise, Kyle Kyle Pitts is a unicorn. Like you've heard that phrase before on ESPN on all these platforms. He's a wide Kyle receiver. Pitts is a stud. Yeah, he's a wide receiver playing tight end. I'd also say Kyle Pitts is not the best player on Falcons. I think Cordell Patterson is. I like Drake London. You don't think Gordon I mean, Kyle? I think what's his name on defense? AJ Terrell is the best. Oh, no, player. We're, talking, we're talking offense. You, you okay. say give Christian okay. McCaffrey, you give the ball to your best player, Christian McCaffrey. Yeah, yeah, okay, yeah. okay. I'd, I'd, I, was, I'd give I thought it you were Pitts. just talking best player. I'd feed Pitts in London all game if it were me. And I like I'm with Mackey. I like Patterson. Like they don't have a terrible fucking team. Just give the ball to Ritter. Like Mariota is not your answer. Yeah, Mariota's fucking bad. I don't Ritter's know why. I don't know why them and the Steelers are rolling with quarterbacks that have Showing that they can't, they can't get the job done. Just go with the rookie quarterback. They, maybe they, do. they don't want. You don't want to throw. Those... You, don't, it's, you don't want to throw him right out to the bait. Like it's kind of like you, you still want to let him get the game reps. Like in situations like we saw Malik Willis come in like that. Those are valuable reps for a young quarterback to come in in a game like that. Like I know the scoreboard doesn't show it, but like that's way different football than preseason. Yeah, definitely, but you're never going to adjust to it until you're. No, I know what you mean. I think the Steelers are looking to pick it. I mean, you heard the chance. Same thing with Tennessee. You heard the chance. Trubisky's literally done nothing two games straight, and he has a one-on-one record. You have a team that can actually maybe do something in this division if Pickett is what they want him to be. Trubisky has a little bit of an excuse now. Not saying he does. The offense still needs to pick things up, but like for the record-wise, we're all saying Steelers without T.J. Watt. Steelers without T.J. Watt. Steelers without T.J. Watt. I mean. They want to know with them, want to know, you know what I mean? It's kind of the same thing. So uh, I think a lot of the things are going to point at the pointed at the offense with Trubisky. I mean, I'm obviously advocating for Pickett, but I wouldn't mind. If, the, if Trubisky can get us at like three and three and then bring Pickett in, that'd be perfect. Blank, I don't blank see, slate, I don't, get him going. We play the Jets next week and the Browns this week. I like us to go one and one over the next two weeks again. I don't think you guys see a situation where Trubisky's six games in and a 500 record and you take him out. I don't, I don't think that makes any sense. I think the point of it would be, it would have to be the defense it. still winning. The defense is clearly winning the games, and the offense is just squeaking by. And in those losses, the offense needs to look bad. Yeah, I mean, I think it's tough to get three wins out of that. I mean, who do you have coming up? Browns this week on Thursday night, and then we got the Jets at home next week. I think we go one and one. I don't know. I think that's fair. Close. You can win. The, you can win both those games and then lose. We, that's what I'm saying. We can either win both, or I think we go one and one. I don't think we lose two straight at home. I wouldn't be surprised if we lose this week in Cleveland, but I like us to cover. I don't. What game did we just loop off? Was that the Falcons game? Yeah, those Falcons and the Seahawks. So we're going to move forward to the Green Bay Packers at the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I think this is going to be a really good one this week with the Buccaneers favorited at minus one and a half. Their money line sitting at minus 116. Packers money line at minus 102. And the over-under sitting kind of low at 41 and a half. Again, I think it's going to be a great game with both teams securing a win last week. Mike Evans getting suspended as I figure we'll get into. 
The Bucks are 2-11 straight up in their last 13 games played in Week 3. The Packers are 6-2 against the spread in their last 8 games when playing as the underdog. But the Bucks are 11-3 against the spread in their last 14 games at home. Mackie, get us rolling on this one, buddy. What do you think? Uh, first of all, definitely game of the week. I think you got two of the top three quarterbacks in the league in this game. Um, I think Is this our Aaron first Rod- hit the books game of the week. I don't know. Boop, boop. We can. Uh, this can. I mean, this is that. that like, I, I agree. This is definitely the one that everyone's going to want to watch. Dun, 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 dun. That or the Bill, Bills and Dolphins. So pick your pick your poison. A's Brady Rogers. Ooh, I think. Yep. Uh, I think Aaron Rodgers is really frustrated this week, especially against that Tampa Bay defense. We've seen how good that Tampa Bay defense could be, and we've seen Aaron Rodgers. I mean, it was week one. We saw it last year, too, and him bounce back with that season that he had last year. But we saw it week one with him and his young receivers and having trouble with them running their routes and catching their balls. And uh, I know he had Alan Lazard back last week, but he didn't really do much. He had two catches for 13 yards, found the end zone, but still wasn't really uh, um useful out there on the field. So I think he's definitely um, going to be frustrated with this Bucks defense all game. I think it's a low-scoring game. Uh, I think the Bucks start off 3-0, and and I think they get a win here. Yeah, I'm right there with you. I'll take Tom Brady at home. The defense has looked legit for Tampa Bay. Getting Tampa Bay at minus 116 money line, I love that. Um, One-and-a-half point spread. Just save the freaky weird one-point win just in case. I'll take the Bucks money line. Another great game for the for the Bucks here. You know, another great line. Three weeks in a row, we've seen them under three points um, favorited. I know that they're missing all the receivers. No Mike Evans, no security blanket. Um, but I believe in that defense so much. And Tom Brady is one of the best game managers we've seen of all time. Uh, argu- not arguably, he is the best of all time at it. So he'll make do with what he's got. He'll find his way to get into the end zone, too. They signed Cole Beasley. I don't even know if he's playing this week, but if he's elevated off the practice squad, look at him to have a good chunk after he's frustrated by the young receiver's uh, inability to hold on to some passes last week. But uh, that that Packers defense is no joke either, and Aaron Rodgers can get his boys going. So it'll be a tight one down the stretch. But give me the Bucks here, too. Um, Tom Brady reigns superior over Aaron Rodgers. That Bucks defense, though, no joke. Lovey Smith, right, coach there? Yeah. Yeah, he's uh, – Defensive mastermind and the talent on that side of the ball, I feel like they're not going to be able to move the ball very much at all. So, yeah, Tampa Bay Buccaneers, let's go. Yeah, Bucks money line. Bucks money line, game of the week here. Funny that we're talking about a Brady team so heavily with the defense carrying them here. Like, he's still playing pretty well, but that defense is so good. They're taking care of him. Definitely game of the week for sure, though. What What a matchup early on. Very excited for that one. It's going to be great. Let's move forward here to our last 4 o'clock game, the Los Angeles Rams at the Arizona Cardinals. The Rams coming in as the favorite at minus 3.5. The money line sitting at minus 188, and the over-under sitting at 48.5. Both these teams getting wins last week. I think it's going to be a good matchup. Do we see some powerful offenses coming at each other? Lots of points in this game. The over-under again at 48.5. What do you guys think? Yeah, divisional game, uh, Cardinals coming off a tough or a kind of really good win last week late in the fourth quarter coming off with their uh, fourth quarter push against the Raiders in Vegas. Um, I'll take I'll take the Cardinals with the points here. Three and a half, uh, anytime I get more than a field goal in a divisional game, I like it. 
I'll take the Cardinals plus the points. That's going to be one I'm looking up to until uh, Sunday with the divisional uh, line. I think you could be getting maybe Cardinals plus four. You could be seeing that maybe. But, um, yeah, Rams haven't really shown too much good game last week. Uh, the offense got back on track, but the defense giving up the late push to the by the Atlanta Falcons um, on their home field. Rams coming to Arizona. Give me the Cardinals plus four. Yeah, Huff, going to be a great one. You, like you said, Rams coming off of a good game last week. It was nice to see Matt Stafford put that stuff together after a Super Bowl campaign, kind of put that arm injury talks behind him a little bit. Um, Arizona Cardinals, we know what they can do. They're a big play waiting to happen. Kyler Murray got that contract because he is him. He showed that last week. Kingsbury at home, divisional game. Um, my favorite bet of the week is definitely going to be the over 48 and a half here. I think these are two prolific offenses. I think they can put up a lot of points on both sides of the ball. You're going to see a shootout down to the wire. Maybe another overtime game here. But, uh, yeah, don't know who comes out on top here. Stafford looked pretty good last week. I need some more tape on him against a better team uh, to tell. But, yeah, I, I like the over here. I like that over as well. I love that over in Vegas. That was one of my plays I took off the card, ended up cashing on. But, um, yeah. Uh, I like the Cardinals with the points here at home. I'm kind of leaning the opposite way here. I kind of like the Rams. I think, uh, I mean, you could say that was a close game last week, but uh, at the end of the day, they had complete control the entire game and didn't really have any um, threat of losing that game. Came down, they obviously covered the spread at the end of the game, but that doesn't really matter. Matt Stafford looked elite. They just looked like they were back to uh, championship pedigree, and I think Cardinals aren't really there. They had a... BS win last week. They definitely shouldn't have won that game. Raiders absolutely blew it. Um, they should be looking at 0-2 right now coming into this game. And uh, they are home. It's a divisional game. So I'm leaning a little bit on the under. I know it's two powerhouse offenses. But, uh, you know, both these teams can slow the ball or slow the game down as well. So we could see a slower game here. I think um, three and a half, probably not going to touch it because of how, it's, like, how much divisional games come down to a field goal at the last second. But I like the Rams here. I think they win this game. Yeah, the Rams did look a lot better last week. I think Cooper Cup eats uh, in a shootout here. But I'm just taking the over here. Mac, yeah, I, I like your points. Huff, I like yours too. Both sides could go either way. Depends on what team shows up, really. I think both teams have showed a Jekyll and Hyde type of season so far. So, I don't know. Divisional game. I'd like to look at some more of the history between these two teams. Uh, but I'm taking the over here. Shootout for sure. I got a question for both of you. If um, Cardinals lost that game in overtime last week, what are you are you saying the same thing here? Or you just... No, no, that's why I can't pick one. Like I've said, I haven't seen enough consistency from either team. The Rams look terrible week one. They look solid week two with a terrible ending. I know, like we said, the fourth quarter is like it's where the covers happen. But um, yeah, Cardinals shown signs of greatness and being terrible. So, like I said, I'm just gonna take the points here. I think there's a lot of points from both sides, but. Eager to see who comes out on top here. Mackie, to your point, I, th I think I would be. I don't know if we'd be getting a similar line. I think you'd actually be getting more points for the Cardinals. So um, my, my logic stays the same. Divisional games, I think I've liked every single underdog with the points. So I'm going to roll with it. Give me the Cardinals. Word. Was just interested. I wasn't like calling you guys out. On your no, no, no. Yeah, I, I actually was looking at that while Ace was talking. I think I, I said I think I took every single underdog in the, like a divisional matchup. I think I just said give me the, every underdog with the points. Yeah, good tactic. Good stuff there. Yeah, let's jump into our Sunday primetime game: the San Francisco 49ers at the Denver Broncos. 
the 49ers are getting one and a half points in this game. The money line sitting at minus 124. Broncos money line at plus 106. And the over-under for this matchup at 44 and a half. Broncos scoring just 16 points last week. But it got them the win, and the 49ers defense was solid as well. The under is 11-3 in Denver's last 14 games played in September, as well as the under is 9-2 in the 49ers' last 11 games. So do you like the under here sitting at 44.5? What do you guys think? Mac, you want to start us with this one? Yeah, he's talking about it, the uh, Jimmy incentive, making a $350,000 bonus for winning a football game. So that's definitely something to think about here. Um I kind of like the Niners here. I think the Broncos have looked really bad all season, or I guess you could say all season. It's been two games. Russell Wilson has not looked at himself. I think he's still trying to find his way in that offense and trying to figure it out together. Um, no, no one's really picking up on anything. Jerry Judy left that game early last week. Uh, I'm not. I'm not sure his status right now, but that could be a big, big uh, out for uh, for the Broncos. But I think the Niners defense showed out last week and they proved who they were. You got Jimmy G coming in, who has a lot to play for. So I think. He's obviously been in big-time situations before, so he's no nerves coming into this game. I think they win this game outright in Denver. Yeah, I'm I'm right there with you. And uh, just a l- little bit of or a stat for you yeah, for the through the first two weeks, Sunday night, kind of the opposite of last season, Mackie. For the first two weeks, uh, Sunday night favorites are two and zero, and road teams uh, both were the favorite, both two and zero. So. Uh, 49ers fit both of those categories, being the road team and the favorite here. So I'm going to roll. Give me the 49ers. I'll take the money line, minus 124. Might end up taking the spread. Um, Not necessarily a card pick, but I'm going to ride those trends. Give me the Sunday night favorite in the 49ers. Yeah, Huff, what did they start? Or dogs are like one in dogs Sunday night spread underdogs last year started the season 8-0. Yeah, it was ridiculous. This oh, year, it's the favorites. Oh, what did you say you got? I got the Niners. Wow. That's scary to say that we're all on the Niners. It makes me want to take the Broncos. Especially after off the Russ, Sam. I know. Russ, I thought you were going to be on, and I was going to be safe. I'm just, ride, I'm just riding a trend. That's not. I'm not saying that's a pick. And like I said, I, I could probably end up taking. I'm not necessarily leaning away from the Broncos, but Russ I'll in ride the, the trend. Time. Russ in the, I know that, that week one, I'm going to chalk it up to week one in Seattle. They were so hyped up to him. I'm going to look at that game. It's an overreaction game, and I know they looked terrible last week, but Russ in the prime time is something usually you can cook. It's he legit, is. and this is a team Russ, that he's played before. But I am taking, I'm sticking with my pick. Time. I'm sticking with my pick. Now I'm talking myself out of it, but I'm sticking with my pick in the Niners. I know the Jimmy G incentive, but regardless of all that, that team is built so well on both sides of the ball. The defense is insane. Like I said, I'm riding the defense like I am with the Buccaneers. Um, I like the coaching and the defense coming out of San Francisco. And, uh, yeah, Russell Wilson hasn't proven anything yet. Yeah, the reason I'm on the Niners riding this, riding the trend um, that I just said, Sunday night favorites, I think we could see something with that. But um, I just think the 49ers, like you said, to allude back to your Russ point, I mean, this is a team that he's played his entire career. He knows how the 49ers play. He's seen this elite defense. He saw it last season. Um, not saying he's going to get blown out, but I like the 49ers come out on top. Good stuff there for our Sunday primetime game. Let's move into the Monday primetime game with Mackey's Dallas Cowboys at Mackey's New York Giants. <laughs> was, this, is the, this is the Mackey, this is the Mackey game York, of the week. New York, New York. <laughs> New Jersey. <laughs> for real. 
Yeah, this is the Mackie game of the week with the Giants coming in as the favorite at minus one and a half. The money line sitting at minus 126 for the Giants, plus 108 for the Cowboys. And the over-under sitting quite low at 39 and a half. Both these teams winning by just three points last week. Can the Giants hang for another week? The Cowboys are 8-3 and three against the spread in their last 11 when playing as the underdog. And the Giants have lost six straight Monday night football games. So I think it's going to be an interesting matchup here. Do you like the Giants here, Mackie? Your, your, your New York Giants that are from New Jersey. I'll tell you what. Uh, I do not like the Giants here. I think that this is probably the worst 2-0 team we've ever seen in the last 22 years of, of, on this planet. But, um, I mean, Daniel Jones is just a fraud. He, he's, he, you could say he's 2-0. I mean, he's only turned the ball over once this season. But um, I just don't think they have enough to get to 3-0. This team is definitely fraud. They're, they're, they're just frauds. They're not, good, they're not good enough to win a division. They're not good enough to stay at, stay at the top, stay in the competition for I just don't think they have enough in them. And I know this is a depleted Cowboys team without Dak Prescott. But Cooper Rush came in last week and beat – Joe Burrow, who was in the Super Bowl last year, in a game that they were seven and a half point underdogs, so he proves that he he he's proving that he has it in him to get a win against a team that maybe isn't the best, just keep afloat. So I think Dallas can win this game even on the road. What a matchup we have this week on Monday Night Football: Cooper Rush versus Danny Dimes. Nothing more I'd want to see. Just kidding. I'll probably. Uh... No, I'll still watch. I love football. What are you talking about? But um, yeah, can't make. You're a gonna pick bet here. on. And you're gonna bet on it too. So yeah, and I'm gonna take the under because nobody on that field knows how to score points. I mean, the kickers will probably score more than the quarterbacks combined. Uh, Trayvon Diggs pick six. Yeah, that's gonna be a crazy game. That that Dallas defense has been playing out of their minds lately, huh? But uh, they get a little easier task in the uh, Giants. But Monday night game, it's gonna be tough. I'm taking the under here. Hold up! Hold up! Not sure what happened, but we're okay. Uh, I definitely pressed something. I don't know what it was.
Alright, let's bang this out real quick. So yeah. uh, Alright, we're almost done. I'm gonna roll right here real quick. Are we recording? Yes, we're recording. Alright. Yeah, so to allude to both of what you said, Mackie, I'm with you on the Cowboys. I'd like them to come out and win this thing outright. Give me the Cowboys money line plus 108, and I'll take it with the under, Ace. I was sitting there right there with you. I was going to say, give me the Cowboys in a primetime snooze fest, uh, 23-7, 23-10. Give me the Cowboys. I like that. <laughs> That's from Mackie. I think, the, I, I think the Giants do get it done on Monday Night Football, though. I mean, I'm not going to take someone. Like Huff said, I'm locking in the under. But uh, I think the Giants get the 3-0. Worst 3-0 team of all time. Let's ride with the streak, hey? But, uh, yeah, no, going to be a boring game. But look out for our picks. We'll definitely find some good props. Mackie and I like digging on primetime games. So. That was fun. Saquon Barkley, primetime guy right there for you. Barkley, Diggs, interception. Um, I could see an interception by both quarterbacks. I hit on that Kirk one last week, so definitely going to have to look again this week. Uh, when did, that, game when did that hit? I stopped watching that game. What? It hit he twice. Three. But it hit, well, I know, oh, he I, had, I know he had three picks. I'm saying when was the first one? Like how fast did he throw Beginning of the second half. Oh, first yeah. half, when, yep, they played it close to the vest when the game was kind of out of reach. He had to take his shots. He was just yeah. throwing it up. At, I gotcha. At one point, he just threw it right. without even looking to Justin Jefferson right to Darius Slay. I gotcha. Yeah. I, I Is that like going into the end zone, kind of? Yep. I wasn't yeah, really watching that that's game. Bad. That's why I was asking. And the play before Slay dropped the pick, and then the very next play throws it right back to him. He's Classic like, here. He's like, here, try again. Yeah, just making sure I had that bet. He's like, I got you, Ace. I was like, thank you there, Kirk. But yeah, no, it's going to be a dogfight. NFC East uh, always is in, in the primetime. They love giving us those games in the primetime because they know we wouldn't watch them elsewhere. Uh, two big-time quarterbacks there, Rush versus Jones. Um, yeah, give me the under. Good stuff there. I think that's going to wrap up our week three analysis of all the games here. Lots of good games going on. The Hit the books game of the week this week is the Green Bay Packers at the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Expect picks from us for that game, as well as many others here on our social media platforms. Anything else from you boys? Yeah, stay tuned to all the social media platforms. Like we said, college football picks have been pretty hot, uh, something we haven't really been advertising too much. So uh, stay tuned to the Instagram, TikTok, Twitter, all that stuff for uh, all of our picks each weekend. I uh, usually got the college football picks coming out around 11 a.m. right before the noon slate starts. So uh, definitely going to want to stay tuned. Turn on your post notifications for Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, everything, the whole nine yards. Make sure you're subscribed wherever you're listening. Like Jesse said at the beginning, uh, leave a rating. Helps us out. Uh, yeah, that's it for me. See you guys next week. Fucking win some bets this weekend. It's about damn time. Yeah, you're not wrong there, Huff. Um, definitely looking forward to another week. Like Huff said, be ready on the lookout. Thursday, about two hours before kickoff, we'll be posting those. Saturday morning, you'll have your college picks. Sunday morning for the NFL, and then the late-night slates and the primetime we'll have coming at you, too. So uh, everything you need to know about the betting weekend, fade Huff. That's all i got to say. Let's roll. Fade Huff. Yep. Yeah, boys, basically it. Another week of uh, gambling. Just follow along. See if we can get back, uh, get everyone back on the winning track. See, if, see what we can do here. Yeah, Mac, you're up five point three. I think I was looking. Yeah, tell me for now, and until I start losing, just five five wave. unit New York, New York parlay. Five, five point, unit, five point two nine, Mackie. 
Mackie's willing yeah, to risk all his units for his New York boys. That's uh, unofficial. Unofficial, officially. And that's going to do it for us this week on Hit the Books Podcast. Thank you for all the support week in and week out. Please be sure to share and check out our various social media platforms and check out our website. All the info is located in our link tree in the description below. And always remember to hit the books.